So this morning, here we are. We've been talking for th- about Thanksgiving for a month. Uh, we've been talking leading up to this holiday, but also recognizing that the Scriptures tell us explicitly, repeatedly, that we ought to be thankful. And we believe that Thanksgiving is a transformative force in our lives. Amen? We believe it. We, we, we see it from the scriptures, but we also have seen it for ourselves. Thanksgiving transforms our relationship with God, right? Because it's so empty to, easy to walk into a situation and see only the things that God hasn't done, to see only the, maybe the prayers that haven't been answered, and to miss God can answer a thousand prayers, and yet we tend to focus, yes, I know, I'm preaching at you all like right out of the gate, okay? But we tend to focus on that one thing that didn't go our way. And Thanksgiving reminds us to rehearse the goodness of God, to rehearse the thousand answers to prayer that we've seen and not to focus on maybe those things that didn't turn out our way. You know, Thanksgiving transforms us internally. This is, I know some of you have been here for all three weeks and you're like, he's saying this again. I am saying it again, but it's the last time and Thanksgiving is powerful. So stop with those thoughts. No, I'm just kidding. But Thanksgiving transforms us internally, right? If you're somebody who just walks around all the time thinking about what's wrong and criticizing and complaining, right? What's your internal life going to look like? You're going to be miserable. You're going to be thinking about the negative all the time. But what does God say? Focus on the positive. You want a path to mental health, right? I know there's other things and whatnot. I'm not trying to say that this is the end-all, be-all, but this is certainly part of the puzzle, Stop just focusing on the negative. Start being thankful and looking at all the blessings in your life. And it can transform us internally as well. It'll transform your relationships. Because guess what? Nobody wants to be around a complainer and a criticizer, right? No, I mean, you see those people coming and you're like, oh, what is it today, right? But instead, who do you want to be around? Somebody that's encouraging, somebody that sees the positive, right? And if you can manage to see the positive and not be like, you know, weird about it, All the better. It's like, I love those people. I want to be around a sincere encourager who's rehearsed in seeing the positive and giving thanks. Amen? I'm excited this morning. I hope that you'll come along with me uh, today because I'm pumped about God and about what he's done in our midst and what he's doing, and I'm thankful for who he is. And this morning, as we finish this series, we, we transition this series into what God, I believe, is speaking to us for this next year of our, of our life here at Faith. You know, we're, we're turning 14. 14 is an interesting year. You do nothing when you're 14. You're, you're not, you've been a teenager for a year. You don't get your permit. Like, what is 14, right? But God can use a 14-year-old. Some parents in the room, they need to hear, God can use your 14-year-old. Yes, and we believe God is going to use us. But as we conclude our thoughts on Thanksgiving, we want to look at this idea. You know, we've, we, we looked in week one at the fact that we need to be looking at the positive. That when we walk into a situation, we need the first muscle that we need to be working on is I need to be able to see the positive. The second thing we talked about was being humble. When I walk into a situation, if I'm the center of the universe, it's going to be hard for me to be thankful for anything because I just think everything revolves around me, and if it doesn't revolve around me, it's not good. But God says we need to humble ourselves. And last week, we talked about having a seasonal perspective. You know, you're going to go through ups and downs in life, but, and, and God wants to speak to you in the winter seasons as much as he wants to speak to you in the harvest seasons. God is working in our lives, and we can be grateful if we have that perspective, whatever season that we're in. But you know, the truth is that we talk about these Thanksgiving muscles. I don't go to the gym one time, and I just walk out ripped, right? Uh, <laughs> Oh, man, I just, I can read your thoughts when I'm up here, and you, you, that was mean. 
what you just thought. Um, but I don't go to the gym one time and I just walked out ripped, right? Instead, I've got to go with consistency over a period of time. And so the Lord wants to speak to us today about how do we get there? How, how do I, yes, I want to do these things. I want to observe uh, the positive. I want to be humble. I, I, I want these things, right? I want a broader perspective. But I can't just do it once and just all of a sudden now I'm there. But instead, it's over time. And God, how do you enable that to happen? So I want us to begin by reading this verse one more time from 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5 and verse 18. This is the verse that has been with us uh, throughout this whole month. And I know you have your magnet at home, right? And uh, lie to me. You have your magnet at home, and it's got the, the Thanksgiving list on your refrigerator all filled out from this last week. Lie. Just lie in church right now, even if you don't. Encourage your pastor. Yes, pastor. Yes, it is there. That magnet is there on my refrigerator right now, right? And, uh, and it's got this verse on it, and it's this reminder to us to live with gratitude. And because 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. And today as we finish up this, this series and as we transition into this next year, we read from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 through 24, and then jumping over to chapter 5, verses 8 through 20. Ephesians 4, starting at verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Then in chapter 5, starting at verse 8, it says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord, having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes light, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one, one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. God, we rejoice in who you are. We rejoice, God, in what you've done in us over these last 14 years. God, we rejoice in what you are going to do. God, we are thankful, Lord, for our volunteers of the year and for so many others, God, that volunteer here their time and devote themselves to you and to your service. And God, we ask your blessing on them. And Lord, as we talk together today in these next minutes, Lord, would you come and encourage us, Lord? Would you take the words you've put in my heart and use them, God, to strengthen us and to encourage us today? We desire to follow you. Lord, your ways are the best ways. We want to follow after you. We rejoice in who you are and ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I, I, I wrote these words earlier uh, this week. My son Noah is home from college for a few days, and at some point in this next week, him and his brother are going to lay their hands on one another. 
It might be a pushing match or a wrestling match, but apparently brothers are obligated to have a physical encounter. So last night, Noah backs in to, to Ben, and uh, they, so one of them doesn't take it just right. And uh, next thing you know, we have a 20-minute wrestling match in our living room. Michelle just starts pacing around and like this, and then she has to leave. And uh, finally, one of them puts his shoulder against the other one's neck, and then one taps out. I'll let you ask and see who won and uh, who lost uh, in that battle. But it seems like if you've got boys, they have to put their hands on each other. And there's a story uh, that, that has, has stood the test of time from many years ago when they, were, when they were little. And the story goes that Michelle and I were out uh, shopping. In fact, we had just arrived at Crossroads Mall when we got this phone call that we're going to get. And that the kids were home. And uh, the story that comes to me is that they were playing tag. Um, I don't believe it. Um, I still don't believe it. They swear by it, but I, I don't think, I watched what happened last night, and I don't think that that's what happened. But we, we walk into Crossroads Mall, and the phone rings, uh, my phone rings, and I answer it, and Noah's on the other side, and he says, Ben has uh, fallen, hit the corner of the wall, and he's cut his head. And I'm like, okay, and I, I start, you know, trying to ask questions, and, and Noah goes, Dad. And then Noah says, well, our family has a code word. That, that, that all of us know it's a secret word so that if something, you know, they, something needs to be confirmed, that they'll say it or something serious, they'll say it. And Noah says, Dad. And then he says the code word. And he says, I need you to get home. And so I, you know, I mean, okay, that got my attention. And, and I start asking questions. I look at Michelle. I'm like, we got to go. She's already worried, so she's ready uh, to go, you know. And uh, she hears it. And uh, so, we're, so we're headed back. I'm asking questions, you know, do we need to? This means I'm old. I, I realize that. I'm sorry. I started asking questions, and, uh, 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 and, and I'm like, you know, hey, do we need an ambulance? I figure out we don't need an ambulance and all that stuff, but I get home, and it's just a, a gash on his head, but it takes three or four staples, and, and, uh, and he, he lives. He's here today. Praise the Lord. But what I remember from this experience is, is, is Noah's call, and I remember him on the other line, and I remember that he used everything in his arsenal to, to elicit in me an urgent response. It was the tone of his voice as he said, Dad. And then he said the code word. And as a way of saying, listen, I need you in this moment to respond with a sense of urgency. I need you here. This is not me telling a story. This is not me doing, being foolish. But I need you to respond in this moment. And, you know, in the New Testament, there is a code word for us. And this, this code word is not secret. And this code word is not hard to guess. But the code word, uh, and it's the answer to every Sunday school question, the code word in the New Testament is the name of Jesus. And specifically, it's a code phrase that means Jesus, the one who died for me. And in fact, that, that every time we hear the name of Jesus, the, the, the way the New Testament frames it, that's supposed to be what goes in our hearts is Jesus, the one who died for me. When I say to you, Jesus, you should in your mind immediately trigger the one who died for me. And that, that word and that idea should trigger something inside of all of us. This word is designed, this idea is designed to create a sense of urgency in us if we genuinely believe. So that we, we think about who this Jesus is, that he was the God of heaven, the eternal God who left heaven and, and, and was born and lived and died and rose again. And he did all of that for you and he did all of that for me. And when I hear that name 
And when I hear that word and I think of that idea, the one that died for me, I think about who he is as the eternal God, the eternal Lord, that immediately confers value on me. It immediately confers gravity on whatever we're talking about when we say the name of Jesus. And we see it throughout the New Testament. Even it, I, read from, I read to you from Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 5, and we see in Ephesians 5, chapter 2, it says this, And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So that throughout the scriptures, when we see the name of Jesus, what comes right behind it? The one who died for you. The one who died for me. And it creates a sense of urgency because I recognize who Jesus is. He's the Son of God, and he died for me. And when I hear that name, Jesus, it should elicit something in me. It should elicit something in me if I really believe. You see, people can give me commands, and who it is that gives me a command or a direction, it makes a big difference on how I respond, doesn't it? Like, there are certain people in your life, if they tell you to do something, you're like, eh. I'll get to it, right? But there's other people. Maybe it's a boss who you know is kind of trigger happy, uh, doesn't mind to fire you. I meant fire you. Sorry, that was, I wandered into a place there. Um, they'll, they'll fire you quickly, a boss that'll fire you quickly, and, and uh, uh, you know, somebody in your life that, uh, that is, is over you, has authority over you, and they tell you to do something, and you respond differently, don't you? You know, like, hey, if I'm going to get fired if I don't do this, right, whoop, I, I better do it. Like, I better respond to it. There's a sense of urgency. The truth is, you know, James, in the book of James, he talks to us about if you truly believe in Jesus, what he says to us is it should bring a sense of urgency into your life. He describes it as having a live faith or dead faith. And if our faith is truly alive in Jesus, if you really believe that he is who he claimed to be and he died for you, then when you hear a command come from him, when you hear a direction come from him, then you should respond in a, with a sense of urgency. If you don't respond with a sense of urgency, then what does that say about your faith? If I can hear something, right? If I hear a direct, clear, certain command from God and there is nothing in me that snaps to attention and prioritizes those actions, then I have to assume that my faith is weak or dead. Now, you know, you... you I know that some guys will stand up and preach to you, and maybe you hear me preach a sermon to you, and you think, eh, I don't know. I don't know if that's from God. I don't know. You know, that's his interpretation of that, and I'm not sure. But certainly at some point, haven't you heard from the Scriptures or heard from someone a direct, clear command from God? And you want to know where your faith is? Then all you have to do is just ask yourself, well, how did I respond? How did I respond when I heard a command from this Jesus who I claim to believe in? If I responded with a sense of urgency, then doesn't that mean that I truly believe and that my faith is there, that he is who he claims to be? But if I responded with, well, I'll get to it someday, uh, yeah, I'll put that, yeah, that's, I, I believe that's true, but I'm not sure, I'll prioritize these other things, then it very much spells out for us exactly where we are in our faith. So if if I hear something, right, like, uh, you know, I, I heard uh, last few weeks, right, uh, but that I should walk into a situation and observe the good and not just see the negative. I don't know. Did you feel like that was from the Lord? Did I back it up with enough scripture that you say, hey, I think that's a command of God? Well, then the question is, did you do it? Did you respond? 
right? And that, 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 that gives us a great insight into what our faith is, is how we responded to that. But here's the thing, like, do I, just because I believe, here's another very important question and, and dynamic in all of this, just because I believe and I, and I say I believe and maybe I responded to those things, does that mean I'm going to be perfect immediately? Like, as, as, soon as, I, as soon as I hear something and believe it's from the Lord, then all of a sudden I'm just going to be perfect right away. You're just, you're waiting here, okay? And I, I'm just going to tell you, if the answer to that question is yes, then you need to go somewhere else because this place will crush you. But the answer to that question is no, I'm not going to be perfect immediately, Right? I mean, I, I understood clearly when I got married 27 years ago, I understood clearly the command of Jesus, and I had a sense of urgency behind it, that I need to love my wife as Christ loves the church. 27 years into this, am I perfect? <laughs> no, I'm not. But what is the goal in this? Am I better at the, in year 27 than I was in year 26? Am I better in year 27 than I was in year 7? <laughs> And 17? And now 27? Am I, am I moving in this right direction? What about if, if you hear a direct command, you ought not to have fearful thoughts? Are you going to be perfect the next day? Are you never going to be worried about anything ever again? But no, what does that look like? It, it looks like that I begin this process of taking my thoughts captive and and maybe this month is better than last month. And maybe this year is better than last year. And I'm moving in a direction. I'm moving in a place. And, and we see that we ought to have this sense of urgency at the name of Jesus, but also things take a period of time. And for us, it's hard to hold those two things in tension. It's hard for us to say, okay, I've got this sense of urgency. I want to be like Jesus. Now let's march for years. And we see that there's, but this is the process that God calls us to. He calls us to have both of these things. The first thing is to have a sense of urgency in order to be like Jesus, but also to recognize that it is a process that is happening in us as we surrender to the Holy Spirit. And the name for this process, and I want to share this word with us, we see it in the scriptures, but we want to talk about this in the coming year. The word for this process is sanctification. And you say, well, that's a, that's a big kind of 50-cent churchy word, right? And we're going to talk about sanctification over this next year and kind of unpack it. But basically what sanctification means is getting more and more like Jesus over time. That God is leading us. That there's a sense of urgency in me to be more like Jesus. But also I recognize I'm not going to be perfect tomorrow. But instead, the question that we always ask here is not, are you perfect the question for us has never been, are you perfect? Instead, the question is, what direction are you headed? Listen, there's somebody that needs to hear that, right? There's somebody that you're beating yourself up because you're not perfect. Guess what? None of us are perfect. And the answer, and the question is not, are you perfect? The question is, what direction are you headed? You know, maybe a month ago you were a different person and now you've taken a, a half a baby step in the right direction and you're headed in the right direction. Well, God is pleased. God is rejoicing. God is celebrating. God is not looking for us to be perfect. God's heart is, what direction are you headed? Are, are you better today than you were yesterday? Are you better this month than last month? Are you better this year than last year? Are you better 27 years in than you were at the start? 
What direction are we heading and, that, and, and we're going? And so we look back and we say, you know what? Hey, uh, I, 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 I preached a, a sermon a month ago almost at this point and talked about walking into a situation and observing the positive. So have you walked into every single situation since then and observed the positive? Are you perfect? No. But here's the question. Since that sermon, have you walked into any situation? Maybe a situation where, where you wanted to, where you walked in and you saw first, you saw everything that was wrong and everything that was broken and you were like, and, but you were like, no, Holy Spirit, help me. Wow, that was a cool effect there on that mic there. Help me to see the positive in this situation. It, 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 the question is not, have you done it every situation since that sermon was preached? Have you done it once? Next week, next month, can you do it twice? The next, next month, can you do it three times? Can you, can, you, can you get to where maybe you do it four times in, a, in, in six months? Can we grow? Can we learn? Can we mature? I mean, we, we talked about humbling ourselves, right? To, in, in Thanksgiving, humbling ourselves. Have, have you humbled yourself in every situation? Probably not. Have there been any situations since we shared that where you said, you know what, maybe I need to think about is there somebody here that doesn't know Christ? Maybe I need to think about, is, am I elevating my needs to a place where they ought not to be in this situation? I know I, I, I preached just a, a masterpiece of a sermon last week about the seasons of life. Has, has, has the Lord spoke to you at all since then? And, and you thought, you know what, maybe I am in a winter season and I can still be thankful for what God is doing. I mean, have you been in the harvest season and, and the Holy Spirit was able to say to you, hey, this isn't all you. This is all, you know, God blessed you and, and you ought to be thankful to the Lord even though everything seems to be going right for you right now. Well, if you've done that even one time or two times, it's the question is not are you perfect. The question is what direction are we headed? And with that, is there a sense of urgency behind it? How do we keep these two things in tension so that I'm, I'm urgent about it, but I realize it's not going to happen instantly, but I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to continue to pursue God, and I'm going to allow him to form me in this process. We are not a group of people assembled who are perfect. We are a group of people who are assembled who are trying to head in the right direction toward our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, the mission of our church, the mission of any church, is, uh, should, should be exactly what Jesus told us that that mission should be. And that is to go into all the world and to make disciples and to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I rejoice that last year we baptized 70, a nice round number, 70 people here at Faith last year. And I am, I'm excited about that. Amen. And I think it's really cool because we baptized 64 of them in the lake. Um, we baptized one of them in a body of water in Honduras, which somebody can tell me what that was uh, at some point. And we baptized five of them in, our, in small groups. Uh, and, and I just think that's so cool that five people, amen, five people in their small group with that group of people said, hey, I'm at this place. I want to be baptized. And that is always our mission is to make disciples, right, to lead people in baptism. But our mission, our vision of how we carry that out, that changes a little bit from year to year. And so the emphasis going into this next year for Faith Community Church is going to be this. Our vision 
for this year is seeking to create in the life of the disciples here at Faith Community Church a sense of urgency toward being obedient to God so that through the leading of the Holy Spirit, we might become more like Jesus. So we're going to see things and hear things that are designed to hopefully strengthen your faith and to bring us to a sense of urgency. But that sense of urgency does not inspire just our willpower alone. Because we cannot do this by ourselves. I can't determine I'm going to be this person and I'm just going to change, right? I don't know. I've never met anybody who's able to do that. We try, right? It lasts about three days and then I get hungry. And then I'm right back where I started, right? But we know it's the Holy Spirit that leads us into that change. And so over this next year, we want to look at things that strengthen our understanding of the gospel and our strengthen our faith in Christ. And we want to look at things that help us to lean in to the guidance of the Holy Spirit so that that transformation can happen through the Lord. And so I want to read for you, and I'm going to read. I'm going to try not to read, but I'm going to read because uh, um, it's a summary of a large things. Um, some of the goals that we have for our church, specifically going into this 14th year, right, we're the, we're the awkward teenager, okay? I mean, all of you 14-year-olds are super cool, but I'm just saying we are awkward. And, uh, and how do we want the Lord to lead us? What do we want to see happen in this next year? One of the things that we want to see happen uh, or that we're going to see happen is, is uh, that the messages that I'm going to share with us and, and others along the way will share with us will focus on the gospel. We'll focus on making sure that we have a depth of knowledge in the gospel and are inspired by that to a sense of urgency and leaning in to the Holy Spirit. Now, our discipleship team, led by Pastor Chris and Pastor Sam, is refining the discovery class and foundations classes uh, to ensure that if you want to grow in your understanding of who you are in Christ and how everything fits together, then those opportunities are available to you. You know, our discovery class and our foundations classes give you an opportunity to learn some deeper things. They rotate between the 930 service and the 11 o'clock service so that you can take advantage of those, whichever service uh, that you attend. And, and they would love for you, as they're, they're, they're constantly working working, but they've done a, a, a rework here to refine these classes so to help us uh, to get to that point of urgency. Now, last year, Kelly Robinette oversaw 32 small groups meeting in homes, at church, and around the area. And in those 32 groups, there were 552 different unique people in those groups. And 552, so nothing, you guys are just, okay, all right. I thought you would be excited, but that's fine. It's, it's too late now. You, you missed it. Um, but 552, and then people say, well, I attend four groups. So we only counted you once, okay? So we're 552. So in this new year, we have a goal. Kelly has a goal of having 40 groups uh, operating and with 575 people in those groups. And the reason we have these goals and we believe in this is because we've seen it work. First of all, we see it in the Bible. They met in homes, and then they met on the, on the Lord's Day, right? And so we see it in the Bible. But then also we have seen it work, people building relationships, people growing deeper in their faith through small groups. Pastor Abby, our children's pastor and her team, have developed a milestone timeline for our kids so that if your kid grows up at faith, then there is an intentional process that will allow them to have age-appropriate lessons and age-appropriate uh, learning all the way through. Uh, pastor Abby's goal is that you have a child and it is born and you hand it to her on Sundays or, you know, whoever. You, you, it's, you know, it's a metaphor or allegory, whatever it is. And as your child grows up here at faith, that they get the word of God at appropriate stages all the way until she allows your child to walk into youth, youth 
okay? And so there is a plan. There are milestones in place. Um, and this year, as we prepare to kind of redo our children's wing, the, those milestones are going to be on the wall uh, so that you go in and you see, my, my child is this old. This is what they're learning. This is where they should be. This is what they have learned. This is where they're going. And uh, those things are happening. Last, uh, last summer, we had 140 kids in our VBS, and 56 of those kids made a decision to follow Christ uh, in, in VBS. Amen. There, there are currently on Sunday mornings about 160 kids that, that fill those rooms back there um, in, in Sunday school and children's church. Um, we, we will have VBS again this summer. Uh, is, is, no, that's shocking. Um, but uh, the theme this time is going to be all in as they look at Noah and his all in obedience to God. And uh, so we currently have four fun family nights throughout the year. Pastor Abby is adding two more, so we'll have six, a game night and an ice cream social uh, this year. Our children's ministry is adding a performing arts component for second grade through fifth grade. Uh, so if you have a second grader through fifth grader who would like to be in plays and, and, and do things on the platform or those kind of things, then they're, they're, that component's going to be added in January. Of course, that's voluntary, so second through fifth graders want to participate in that. Um, it, Yes, in our last year, sorry, I'm not used to reading, uh, whatever, but in this last year, Pastor Reed uh, has led the formation of a middle school ministry so that our 6th through 8th graders and our ninth through 12th graders, they still do a lot of things together, but also have separate times of teaching because, you know, 6th through 8th graders are at a different level than ninth through 12th graders, right? A 6th grader and a 12th grader are at a completely different stage of life. And so this was an important addition for us, and uh, the, that ministry is going to grow and be strengthened uh, over this next year. Um, our youth camp, uh, Camp Kadesh, which we saw on the video, many shots. You saw the paint war on the video. If you're wondering what was happening there, we just throw paint at our kids. And, uh, but at Camp Kadesh is happening again this year, June 23rd through the 27th, with a goal of having over 100 uh, overnight campers uh, at camp this year. Um, Pastor Chris is leading a divorce care group, and he's also this year beginning a divorce care group for kids. You know, the, the kids that, 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 that this is, experience has been thrust upon these kids, they, they, they a lot of times even don't know what's happening, but, but it's an event in their lives, and we want to help them, and Pastor Chris wants to help them, and so divorce care for kids will be starting uh, this year as well. Additionally, Pastor Chris is adding discipleship groups, uh, which discipleship group is like a small group, except it's a very in-depth Bible study. So if you, if for you, you know, for me, when I go to small group, the fellowship is the main thing. I want to be with the people and then, and the Bible, right? Um, but uh, if you say, you know what, I really am longing for in-depth in Bible study. I really want to get deeper in the word. Um, then maybe you want to consider one of these discipleship groups uh, that Pastor Chris is adding. It's a small group, but it's in-depth in Bible study. Now, Pastor Slam and his team wrote and produced the, their first original song this year, Take Up Residence. Yes. And they have a goal of producing two new songs in, in this year as well. Our media team, led by Pastor Mike and Danny Marks, has the goal of sharing stories and opportunities that will build your faith and inspire you. If you're looking at our social media, if you're seeing videos in service, if you're seeing videos different places, what's the purpose of those videos? We want to stir up your faith, which stirs up a sense of urgency, which draws you closer to the Holy Spirit, which gets you moved. And if you want an example of that, I encourage you to come tonight. I want to tell you there's some videos tonight that they're going to knock your socks off. 
Pastor Mike is also planning to expand our local outreach through a partnership with the Salvation Army. I don't know if you're aware of what all the Salvation Army has going on right now and preparing to do in this next year. We want to be a part of that. I don't know if any of you have ever longed to be a bell ringer. Um, but you get to be a bell ringer if you want to be a bell ringer. Uh, you get to participate. They, they're opening a boys and girls club. Uh, they're um, consolidating some of the outreach in the area, and we're going to be a part of that as Pastor Mike leads our outreach team. Pastor Mike is also going to lead a return uh, to Honduras to continue our mission work in Honduras. Amen? We, this morning, we happen to have with us the Guillen family. They are from Honduras. I probably said their last name wrong, but um, uh, yes, okay. And uh, guys, stand up for just a second here, okay? We are grateful. Amen. Amen. The Guillens are actually from Honduras, but they are missionaries to the Philippines. And, uh, they are, and they helped us while they were in Honduras translating for us, and they are preparing to return to the Philippines where, if I, Roger, if I'm correct, they're moving into a, a Muslim uh, area to minister the, with the gospel to Muslims. And uh, so, um, you know, I, they need prayer. Uh, we we uh, look forward in this next year to supporting them uh, in their goal, uh, but this is a challenging thing that God has called them and, and their children to, and, uh, and we want to pray, pray God's blessing on them. But Pastor Mike is going to lead us back to Honduras, uh, to Vita Hospital, and to the ministry that we've been doing there now for, for all 14 years of our existence. Pastor Mike is also going to continue uh, to, in our activity groups. And activity groups might not sound like all that they, that they really are to you. You might think activity group, well, yeah, we just get together and we do stuff. But it's more than that. Because the fellowship of those activity groups is also a great opportunity for you to invite people that don't have a relationship with Jesus. Because that's what you need to be doing, right? There's a sense of urgency behind that, yes? So listen, listen to these activity groups, right? Basketball, camping disc golf, bowling, running, fly fishing, golfing, hiking, needle arts, off-roading, pickleball, skiing and snowboarding, shooting, tennis, volleyball, men's and ladies mountain biking. Yeah, okay. But maybe you like one of those things, and what's super cool is you get an opportunity to go with some other Christian people and to do this thing that you really like to do right? But what's even better than that is you might know somebody who doesn't know Jesus who also likes to mountain bike. You might know somebody who doesn't know Jesus who also likes to snowboard. And you can say, hey, come with me. We'll snowboard. We're not going to force it. We're not going to force Jesus down their throats, but at least they get to know us. They get to hang around us. Maybe they, maybe they want to know more about us. They should because we're salt and light, right? Yeah. So as Pastor Mike works in these activity groups, as you even participate and have a fun time playing pickleball, right? These can be opportunities for people to come in the door and maybe eventually find out about Jesus. So we rejoice in that, thing, that as well. You know, all of these activities take volunteers. There are currently 475 volunteers serving at Faith. Our goal by the end of next year is to have 600 volunteers. And we need you. We, we have places where people are being stretched thin, and we need you to fill in, uh, to jump in. And God created you to serve, so you need to serve too. There's, there's jobs that are occasional. There's jobs that are regular. There's jobs that are up front, and there's jobs that are behind the scenes. And so however you, you know, you're bent, we, need to, we want to encourage you to jump in and to be a part of it. You know, obviously in this last year, we moved into our new sanctuary. It's pretty obvious because we're sitting in here right now, right? And uh, yes, amen. And, 
I just want to take an opportunity to thank you. Um, I know many of you, maybe, maybe this is even your first Sunday and you came and it's a little bit of a different Sunday, but there is a cupcake for you. Um, but, you know, over these last several months, you guys have come in through the little tiny side door uh, of the church. You've parked in weird places and, and maybe at a distance because the parking lot was closed. All of these things have happened that have created great difficulty in getting here. You know, moving into this room was a real challenge for us. Uh, the sound hasn't been great. Some of the technical stuff ha has gone uh, wonky sometimes, right? And we've really challenged, uh, been a challenge to wrestle these things uh, into place. We still don't have signage out here and, and you gotta find your way around and the check-in's not done and, and there's all these things still not done. But I wanna thank you for your patience in all of these things. And our goal is to, over the next couple of months, to get these things done so that at the beginning of, at the end of April, beginning of May, we can have a celebration. We can thank God for giving us this new tool that he's given us to serve him, and uh, we can celebrate this space. So I want to just thank you for your patience in that and, uh, and let you know that that celebration is coming too. And just one last thing. Um, you know, we, are, we have a goal in these next few months, and this is already underway. Things are already happening to make this happen. But we want to plant a church uh, close, uh, relatively close, but uh, in, in this area. Uh, we want to plant a church uh, and, and, and see that begin to grow. You know, we believe that healthy churches grow, and we believe that healthy things reproduce. And we want to, to see if we can put a church maybe in a community uh, that does not have uh, a church there for, for people. And instead, they, so they don't have to drive a long distance. You know, this church, uh, as we plant it, uh, will have the same mission because every church has the same mission. The vision might be a little bit different. How they get there might feel a little different than us, but they're going to have the same spirit. That, that we have. And I wish I could tell you more, and I'm excited in the coming weeks to begin to tell you more about that. But that's an exciting, exciting thing uh, that, that is happening uh, here. So all of these things, and, and, and more, I, I tried to summarize here, and I've still gone long, but all these things and more designed to give us this sense of urgency so that when we hear the name of Jesus, that we say, yes, I want to be like him, and I want to lean into the Holy Spirit to help me to get there. Can we stand together here and just one more time declare the goodness of God together?
Yes. Amen. Our prayer team is coming at this time. If you want prayer as we dismiss here in just a second, uh, we do this very intentionally so that if you want prayer, uh, you won't be singled out as we dismiss everyone that goes that way toward the cupcakes. And if you've got a little work to do with the Lord, they would love to pray with you. And there's plenty of cupcakes. You'll get a cupcake so you can pray uh, about that. I thank you for being here today. I thank you for who you are. What a joy it is to be a part uh, of this church. And I love you guys so much, and I'm excited for this next year. I want to pray for you. God, bless your people. Give them peace. Give them grace. Give them peace that is so strong in their lives that other people take notice. And they come and they say to them, what's different about you? Why is it that in the up and down seasons of life, you, you seem to have such a, just a strong foundation? And our answer will be, it's Jesus. Can I tell you about Jesus and all that he's done for me? God, I thank you for this peace. And I pray this blessing on your people now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. See you tonight at 6 o'clock.